Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McClain here along with Les Bowen. Les, say hi to everybody. Hello out there, all you cool cats and kittens. Hello. Greetings, everyone. We're all at home, uh, obviously, because of the coronavirus. Stay at home, everybody. Um, and But there's still a lot to talk about with the Eagles and, and what they've done this offseason. A few moves since we last spoke, but mostly uh, uh, nothing since then. We've gotten a little more context on the Eagles' decision-making, Howie Roseman spoke to the beat reporters earlier this week. And, guys, I wanted to start off with, uh, since we did a lot about the defense, because that's primarily where the Eagles have, have focused their attention this offseason, uh, I want to transition to the offensive side of the ball and, and basically what the Eagles haven't done and or, you know, more like what they may do uh, at, at the position, of course, of wide receiver and and. The big elephant in the room, and uh, that's exactly the phrase that uh, Howie Roseman used to describe Alshon Jeffrey, is Alshon Jeffrey. And and where the Eagles stand, uh, Howie, I think, painted a picture that, you know, Alshon is coming back. And, and every, you know, and he understands what he has to prove, and he understands uh, uh, the narrative that's out there, which I was a little mm-hmm. alarmed to hear Howie uh, admit to, uh, although he didn't say anything specifically about the uh, – you know, Alshon's uh, alleged uh, involvement in the anonymous quotes that uh, were attributed to uh, a source uh, by ESPN the last two years. But uh, I guess I, I, I want to get your guys' take on what you think will happen. What do you make of Howie's comments and what do you think will happen with Alshon? Well, I, uh, I'm i open to the idea that this could really happen. I, I suspect he's trying to build a trade market by – creating a, a universe in which it's everything's great with Alshon and, you know, yeah. they'll be happy to have him back. Um, I, I never thought this is really an issue with Alshon and Carson Wentz at this point. And Wentz, I don't think is the kind of guy who's going to demand that Alshon be stricken from the, the roster. You know, he might prefer that he might, you know, kind of, roll his eyes uh, when they, you know, try to get him to, to make nice with Alshon. But I, I think it is possible. I think we have to account for the possibility, especially since they haven't done anything at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, it, relying on a couple draft picks to come in and transform the <clears throat> wide receiving core really isn't all that wonderful an idea to me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm open to this. I suspect it won't happen, but I, I'm allowing for the possibility that could. Well, they have no idea when he's going to be healthy for starters. So, I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're flying blind here. Uh, and the trade market is basically non-existent because of the fact that he's hurt uh, and the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I think he's kind of putting lipstick on a pig here uh, to a certain degree. Uh, I, I think he'd rather not have to go forward with him, but the, op- yep. the options are limited. Um, you know, I'm not surprised they haven't gone wide receiver in free agency because clearly, you know, I mean, the, 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 the quote from Howie that I, I keeps ringing in my ears is, you know, he wants people that are going to grow with Carson, which means young receivers, which means guys he's going to draft. Now, I realize his track record sucks on, on wide receivers. And uh, so, you know, that's a gamble, but it's, you know, clearly the way he wants to go. I, I, they're, 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 but I think, as you mentioned, Les, I mean, he's hoping one of these guys, either either Deshaun 
or Alshon can can get healthy and maybe stay healthy. But boy, you, you sure don't want to count on that happening if you're if you're trying to make a Super Bowl run this year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> from what I understand with Carson is that I, I don't think he has a big problem with Alshon per se. I don't think, in fact, there's been anything that's happened tangibly uh, with between the two. But I do feel that, you know, again, there are a lot of the play- players that I spoke to believe that Alshon is the source behind uh, those quotes and to the point where one player, a prominent player in offense, had gotten into an altercation with, with Alshon at one point uh, in October after uh, after the report that, uh, that he was uh, – you know, that he was the guy. Um, I think, I think Alshon is an interesting guy. Uh, I think people view him. I don't think he's hated in the locker room, but I think uh, people just look at him uh, differently. Maybe uh, he's quiet, um, but and he does keep to himself, but he's certainly, I think there's some awkwardness there. Um, and in fact, I, I don't know how he, I, I wonder if he's the type of guy where he's just kind of spouting his mouth, he's no T.O. I mean, I don't think he's the guy that, uh, for one, he didn't put his name behind the quotes. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like some in some ways he kind of got backed into didn't realize what he was saying. And, and next thing you know, those, these quotes have been out there. Um, so I think they do kind of view it through that lens. That being said, uh, there still is that issue. And and it's not, and even goes beyond Carson. If the players in the locker room don't trust Alshon, that's an issue. And I think ultimately, I, I do agree with you, Les. I, I just by how his comments, I have to leave open the possibility that it could be on the roster because, again, there how he's boxed in the situation because of the bag, the original bag contract, and then of course guaranteeing the con- the salary for two, 2020. But I still don't feel like when the, when, it all, when everything's said and done that he'll be on this team or he'll be playing for this team in 2020. Um, it's going to be hard to trade him. They're going to have to eat a huge amount of, this, of the guaranteed salary to make that possible. Um, and so there, maybe there is a way that how he can paint that sort of picture. And look, at this point, if he trades him, fans will be happy. Yeah, they will. Fans will be happy. But looking at it from a cost-benefit point of view, if with them paying part of the deal, you know, what, what are they going to get? I mean, are they going to get something better than than what he can be if he's reasonably healthy by October? A draft so, pick know? or a draft know. pick. Yeah. A pick or something or somebody know. else's damaged goods that they want to unload or something like that. I think um, they would be looking at it more as addition by subtraction. Yeah. I don't guy. I'm not big on that. I mean, I, I don't think we're at that point where he's addition by subtraction. Yeah. If there's nothing coming back, he hasn't well, been able to stay healthy. Can you trust him? Can you, is he going to be anywhere yeah. near he was prior to these injuries? Uh, you know, he had one really good game against Miami last year. Of course, that secondary was terrible. Uh, yeah. But other than that, he when he was out there, and I understand he was battling some injuries, but that's part of the equation here. He's just not good. And look, I wasn't really surprised by the fact that they didn't do much in free agency because I just didn't think there were many appealing options. Now, looking back on it, Robbie Anderson getting two years at, at 20 million, maybe it's something you would have done. But they still believe that Deshaun is going to come back and give them something. And I think having Robbie and Deshaun together just doesn't really make sense. They kind of do the same thing. So trade maybe something or else is in the work to get at least one other veteran in here. 
and then and then they'll obviously push the chips in on a draft pick. And I agree with you, Les. I don't know if that solves all the problems, but Howie did say, you know, I can't solve all the problems in one offseason. Yeah, he's really harping on that, which really makes me uh, uh, quite curious about what they really expect to happen this season. Uh, well, I mean, they, they still have a. I mean, they still have a really look when you have Carson Wentz and you have the lines that they have. And you still have guys like Zach Ertz and, and ascending Miles right. Austin and Dallas Goddard, and you made some. I think what what can be viewed as as improving moves on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they're going to compete for the NFC East at the least. Yeah. Okay. And and there are they're going to be more creative this year with all of the changes they've made in their coaching staff. Things they didn't do much of last year, like uh, there there weren't a whole lot of jet sweeps and things you you saw from other teams. Uh, I think you're going to see them this year with uh, more with, you know, with, with the personnel that they already have. Um, so, and, and, they're, and they're, at least for another year, they're going to be 12, 12 personnel centric. So I don't think, yeah. I don't think they're overthinking the, the, the wide receiver thing right now. Okay. Good. Maybe we should just touch a little bit on, on the draft. I know fans are already looking ahead to it. And as, as are we, um, I mean, the they've, you can't. You don't like going in with every team knowing what position you're going to select, and you don't want to force yourself into that corner because, let's say, a lot of the guys that they have rated in the top 21 picks are gone. You know, gone at least at the receiver position yeah. before you select. But Les, you've talked about this a lot, and I, I kind of agree with you. I think a move up is certainly possible. Yeah, you know, it it was more possible before they went from 10 to, to eight picks in the Darius Slate trade. But yeah, I still think. You have to get this right. You have to get that weapon that's going to make Carson Wentz an elite quarterback, you know, or at least give him that opportunity. And if if a lot of these guys are kind of the same guy after that top three, then you have to zero in on one of those top three. Now, maybe that's not the case. Maybe they don't feel that way. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I would not be shocked to see that. I really would not. Uh, you know, they're going to have uh, – they're going to have more than one pick per round in the uh, first four rounds anyway. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's quite possible depending on how they see the secondary, if they really think they need a second and, and a, a third to, to bolster the secondary, uh, then they probably won't trade up. But if, if they think they're kind of okay there, if they really like the Jalen Mills move, uh, you know, and, and they really think Slay is going to hold down one side of, of the uh, corner position, then, then yeah, I would move up and get that, that one wide receiver. Dama, you do a, you do a little more work on the, on the evaluations of the players than, than, than we do. Um, and you mentioned someone earlier this week in, in uh, your newsletter, who you think the Eagles are going to take. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Here, here's the way I look at this first round, and, and from talking to people, how they look at the first round. The, the, the early push is going to be on the quarterbacks, on the offensive tackles, and on the interior defensive linemen, because there aren't a whole lot of interior defensive linemen. There's a, a big drop-off after uh, Kinlaw and, and, and the kid, Derek Brown. So those it's that's going to push back the wide receivers a little bit. Now – you know, I mean, I think those three guys that we've been talking about, uh, Judy, C.D. Lamb, and, and probably Henry Ruggs all will be gone by the time the Eagles pick at 21. But there's not – I mean, A, Ruggs isn't 
isn't a sure thing. I mean, he ran a four two seven, but he's a very raw route runner in the minds of a lot of people. He's going to go early because of that speed, but he's strictly as he, he's, he's kind of, you know, everybody, I, I got all these emails about, uh, about Justin Jefferson, the people that, that didn't think he would be a good fit for the Eagles is that he can only play the slot. Well, that's pretty much Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is a slot guy who can also be a gadget guy for you. Run a lot of, you know, jet sweeps and stuff like that. But but he's not an he's you know he's not an outside guy. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of experience playing outside. Just because he's fast, people think you put him on the outside and and watch him go. Well, small guys on the outside that doesn't necessarily always work. True. Um, Nelson so, Aguilar. I, mean, I think they like the wide receiving core enough, including Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jalen Rieger, maybe some other people that that they think they can get this right by just sitting there at 21 and picking who they have as the best wide receiver on their board at that point. Uh, People have mentioned uh, maybe a trade in terms of getting somebody just in here so that you don't have to force the receiver position in the first round. And Brandon Cooks has been someone that people have mentioned, obviously, at this point a little older received the Eagles uh, were certainly keyed on in, in the 2014 right. draft and, and one that they uh, explored trading for when the saints offered, uh, offered him up for Malcolm Jenkins, I think in the 2016 off season, would you guys make a move for cooks? I'd really need to do a lot of homework there. He's been hurt a lot. Uh, he's bounced around a little. Uh, it depends on what they want, obviously, but if they want something like a second round pick, uh, I would really need to be comfortable with where he is physically and, uh, you know, what he can bring to the team uh, over the next several years. He's still young, but it's not a unclouded picture there, you know, and uh, I would, I, I don't know what I think I would, if I were them, I'd want to turn over a lot of rocks and talk to a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I, I uh, kind of agree with you, Les, uh, for, for another reason, I mean, they're trying to straighten out their cap over the, for the next few years. You know, adding a guy that's going to, you know, command a lot of money uh, over the next couple of few years, uh, as opposed to a, a draft pick, just doesn't seem the way how he's thinking right now. I mean, he, he keeps pointing to the fact that, you know, that uh, Carson Wentz's cap number is going to go up from $18 million to $34 million next year and stay there. Uh, you know, I think they're, you know, they're not, you know, they, they weren't willing to do it with Hopkins. And I, I'm not sure they're going to be willing to do it with a guy like Brandon Cooks. Right. They have. Well, if you're not willing to do it for DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks is in a different, uh, several pegs down from yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, look, I mean, they're starting, they're kind of in the career peak of Carson's, you know, of his career. I mean, like 27 is really when you, he should start playing at a certain level and you, you expect you to have that for a while, but you, you have to kind of look ahead to, all right, we want to have this for, we want to sustain this for a period. And that's how he says, I mean, you certainly have to start building through the draft. Unfortunately, they, they haven't really done a great job with that. They've done okay job with that, but they're putting a lot of pressure on, on Andy Wydell and his staff and certainly how he's going to make the final choice. Um, of who's going to pick who they're, they're going to take in that first round. Uh, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball, as I mentioned earlier. Just obviously they they're they're set at running back at the top spot, but you know Jordan Howard signed with the Dolphins, and they have Boston Scott is coming back, but they're probably going to need someone else 
Do you think they wait till you know late in the late in the draft or undrafted, or do you think they'll bring in maybe some sort of vet at some point? I don't have a good feel for the running backs in this draft. Uh, I, I tend to think that for what they need, they can certainly wait and bring you know, a UDFA yeah. or a or even a veteran guy. You know, those are lying on the ground. You know, like uh, unraked leaves. You know, they're there'll be somebody they can they can put into that third spot that uh you know can can do what they need him to do i certainly wouldn't prioritize this in the draft i mean if i had if i got to the sixth round and hey there's a good running back here you know and we've taken care of this need and that need and the other need then sure but i wouldn't be uh I that wouldn't be any any kind of focus for me going into the draft. Yeah, you, I think you need to have. Go ahead, Dom. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say I, I agree with Les on that. Uh, I mean, I think the, they're looking for a a George. I mean, they're looking for a, a first down back that they think they can get at some point here between now and whenever. Not necessarily. I mean, I think the draft. They you know they may take somebody in the later rounds or like Les said, a priority free agent. But I mean, you know, you got a guy like Devonna Freeman that's still sitting out there. That's the kind of guy I think they figure would will fill that third running back spot for them. A guy you can use on first down and that you can rotate in, but that Miles Sanders essentially is going to be the the workhorse. Right. And someone who has experience of being the workhorse in case if Sanders does get hurt, you need to have somebody ready and you know, someone right. in the can who can do that job. I've heard the name LaShawn McCoy, and while I think the Eagles are probably talking to him, I think it would be a very, very, very um, cheap salary and uh, to get him in here. But again, he doesn't. I don't know if he complements Miles as much as people might think. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I like Shady as a as a guy to talk to, and and his Eagles career was wonderful. I think he's the yeah he is the all time leading rushing rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles and deservedly so he's had a wonderful career but that just isn't quite bringing back the greatest running back in franchise history to be the number three guy I, I you know that that has the wrong yeah, and plus for me. you know you're trying to get younger uh you yeah know, and, and and I think how he's trying to you know after after Deshaun does he really want to go the let's bring back and you know one of our old guys kind of thing again i mean even yeah. if it's at a yeah. just you know at a next to nothing maybe you should have thought of that before he brought back to sean <laughs> yeah exactly i think yeah, he should have. yeah. <laughs> uh offensive line is probably a little more intriguing than running back because they lost vitai who was their swing tackle and you know they've given the job to andre diller jason peters is still out there but i think it's very unlikely that he comes mm-hmm. back it just would make sense that you know when you've committed to andre to have him looking over, uh, have Peters looking over his shoulder. And I think Jason, again, wants an opportunity to start somewhere, which one, uh, one I think he'll eventually get. It may take a little while. But is Jordan Mulata, I mean, ready to be the swing guy? Or do you do you sign a veteran uh, to come in to t- handle that role? You know, it, nobody knows if Jordan right, no one really knows. is ready for anything. You know, it's I can't. That's one of the the sort of back burner things that have happened the last two seasons that hasn't been great is for whatever reason, they've managed to have this guy for two years without ever getting him in a game. And it's you can fault him. Injury. I mean, I know there were reasons, but, you know, it no. I mean, you needed to 
at least have him back up somebody at some point in these last two seasons and get him out on the field and, and see, and, and they haven't. And, you know, this is, uh, I, I do think that they believe in him, but they don't know, you know, they can't know. And, uh, I think, again, though, like the running back, you can find the guy that you need. I mean, we haven't gotten into the fact that we're, we're looking at a what's going to be a messed up offseason and, and, and summer this year because of coronavirus. I think you got some time here. I think, you know, there are going to be a lot of anomalies going forward. I, I think this is something you can look at down the road, but it is going to have to be a you know, the, 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 the The pandemic has has really screwed up everybody and it's screwed up them as far as, you know, no spring work and who knows how much summer work, but it's particularly screwed up the left tackle situation because Dillard's getting no, you know, no, I mean, this was going to be a big off season for him as well as Malata and, you know, Malata is 7,000 miles away in Australia, probably. Uh, and, and they've got a 30 day quarantine there. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I would I, I think all of this I mean if, if they don't feel comfortable with 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 Dillard's progress if they don't feel comfortable with Malata's progress and it gets to you know whenever this thing is over and Peters is still sitting there they may say you know we got to re- revisit this and maybe think about him coming back another year hmm. yeah that'll be interesting because from what I'm hearing I, I reached out to some people this week because Almost all of the free agents, the Eagles had 15 free agents uh, when this all started, and there's only a couple of them that haven't signed anywhere. And Jason Peters is by far the biggest uh, Eagles free agent who hasn't signed anywhere. So I was asking some NFL people what's going on, and one said he hadn't heard any buzz about Jason at all. The other said he heard Jason wanted $10 million a year. Well, he's not going to get $10 million a year, and – you know, obviously, he wants to start. He thinks he's still a starter. So that really complicates things. It's going to have to be a team that gets into camp whenever there is camp and decides either has a horrible injury at left tackle or decides, oh, my gosh, we don't have what we need here. I just don't see him coming back to sort of look over Andre Dillard's shoulder. I, I, that isn't Jason Peters. Uh, it would be nice if it worked that way. But I think he probably had that opportunity before the season was over. I'm sure they talked to him about that, and that is not yeah. what he wants. Maybe he makes that adjustment at some point and does that, but they gave him the laurel and the hearty handshake and sent him off with you know all kinds of verbal bouquets from Jeffrey Lurie and so on, and I, I kind of think they've closed the door. Maybe they haven't locked it. I think it could happen maybe it. sooner than that because – as you mentioned, with the off season, you can't draft a tackle, and there's going to be a few that go early where teams are are drafting them. The yeah. assumption that they'll step in and start. Well, do you feel as comfortable doing that with a guy who hasn't had an off season workout uh, period or even training camp, which is possible at this point? So maybe you, right. of course, maybe you wait, as you said, less until training camp um, to sign Jason Peters, but, uh, yeah, it could be, it could be a while for him. Uh, he certainly still wants to play. He certainly still feels like he could play at a high level. I'd say he's still better than most of the tackles in the NFL. Um, you know, know, the one thing Jeff that, uh, scouts have told me is that if not for the, all the, all the publicity that the wide receiver position is getting in this draft and, and clearly it's, it's the, 
probably the best crop in history or recent history, at least that we'd be talking about the offensive tackles, that there is a, this is a very deep position. So I would imagine the Eagles think they can get one on day two or day three. Yeah. That could be a back, you know, could, could at least very early on be a server. You could step in and be, and be a backup swing, swing for them. If Milada yeah, doesn't work out. Certainly area they could address quarterback. Uh, obviously Carson is the starter. Uh, Nate Sudfeld signed for one year and how he said all the things you, you expect them to say about Nate Sudfeld, um, who has been in the system for a long time and Carson's comfortable with him, but Nate wasn't good enough to good enough that they didn't feel com- you know, uh, comfortable enough to, to have to bring in Josh McCown and basically gave him the job even after Nate had gotten healthy. I guess on some respects you can understand that Nate broke his wrist and, and McCown's got more experience, but, you know, do they trust and trust Nate to be that number two? And with Carson, it's something you have to always consider uh, the injuries he's had in his career with any quarterback, certainly. But are, are the Eagles willing, you think, to maybe sign? A, we mentioned Joe Flacco last time, someone with a little more experience that could step in there and maybe win you one or two games. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I do think that's the best route to go. There are a lot of guys still sitting out there. I just saw that. I guess Blaine Gabbert signed with the uh, Bucks today to back up Brady. But, uh, you know, there, Joe Flacco, uh, there, there are several guys you could, you could go yeah. out there and grab. Uh, I, I hear somebody was talking on Twitter today about the Eagles showing interest in quarterbacks in the draft, you know, in the later rounds. I'm not – after last year's uh, wonderful uh, experience with Thorson, I'm not really all that big on that. I don't – once in a while you get a guy that's useful that way. A lot of times you just get guys that are, you know, help you get through training camp. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll do something. I think it'll probably be a veteran guy, but I don't have a great. I think that ultimately is going to tell what they do there ultimately will tell us uh, how much they believe they can make a run this year. Um, because, yeah. You know, given, you know, I've said this before, given Carson's injury history, you need an experienced veteran backing him up. I don't know how much, like you said, we don't know how much they believe uh, in, in Nate. And if I'm them, you know, I want somebody that's at, at least has been out there and done it and, and not McCown because McCown's got injury factor, which they're also trying to avoid. Um, so, there, you know, there's that. I, I wanted to ask you guys something that, that Sudfeld said in his uh, conference call with us uh, last week, he was, he was really, he's really high on, on Rich Scangarella. Uh, I mean, very high. He knows him from when he was, you know, I mean, just knows him. He loves him because of his, is the fact that he was with Shanahan and an offense that marries the run and pass game. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned the quote that just really was interesting was he said, he brings a breath of fresh air to this offense, you know, which kind of is like, uh, you know, you're 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 uh, you're throwing mud at people, sort of, with not not intentionally, but yeah, you're you're implying that. Yeah. Right. Afraid, so I was curious, I'm interested. Here. Your take on that? Uh, well, I'll go first. I mean, I, I wrote a few stories about Rich and did a lot of research. And in fact, I, I met him a few times uh, in Indianapolis during the combine and talked to him a fair amount. He's an interesting guy. He definitely brings a different approach to that room 
and maybe that's what they needed a little outside perspective. You, you, you certainly spent a lot of time with Kyle Shanahan and, and that certainly factored into the, the decision to bring him in. He's a mechanics guy. He has uh, a very set way of teaching quarterbacks how to use their feet. And I think that could benefit Carson Wentz. Um, he's, he's cerebral is how I describe him. He's a little bit wonky, um, maybe a little bit socially awkward. Uh, I know people are starting to maybe have visions of Chip Kelly in their head, but that would be a little bit of a, of a description I'd use uh, a comparison, uh, maybe a little more, not a socially awkward, but he's, he's a, he's a wonky type guy. Yeah. And, and they haven't really had those types of guys on this. They've had football guys and, and Ritz isn't a football yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, he, I, he, I don't think he played much. And whatever, I don't think that has a big deal, has anything to do whether he'll be successful or not. Yeah, and I think that could lay a, a play a part into what Nate was saying about him bringing a different perspective to this offense. Um, I think he's going to have a loud voice. I think he's going to be much louder than than people than maybe even Marty Morningweg, who we all know, more than Press Taylor, and more than the, um, the passing game analyst they brought in his name escapes me all of a sudden yeah you know you guys are probably higher on press than i am i mean my 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 problem with press was he was he was carson's buddy he doesn't need a buddy he needs somebody that's going to put his foot up his butt that's going to tell him his mechanics suck right he wasn't he he didn't didn't get that last year i don't know i don't know if he's going to get it from scangerella but i i gotta believe there's a better chance than he was going to get it from press I think they kept press partly because of that. And they want to make Carson feel comfortable And Carson. Carson certainly is the number one factor when you're talking about the decisions they're making in terms of quarterback coaches, mm-hmm. but you're right. I don't think Scangarella is that way. And I don't think Marty's that way either. Marty is not afraid of telling guys, you know, telling yeah. them the truth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, true. So yes. uh, let's wrap it up real quick. You know, we're, let's skip the, we don't even need to talk about, the defense, we've talked a lot about that in the last podcast. So, the draft, it's going on as planned, according to the NFL right now. Um, do you guys think it's going to it's gonna change? Do you think that they'll have to decide as the death, death uh, toll continues to climb, that the optics of this just aren't very good? I, I'm What I'm hearing, Jeff, is that, you know, the, the death rate projections and everything that kind of came down after – after uh, last week, when uh, when Roger Goodell sent out an M- a memo saying not only is the draft going to go on a schedule, but keep your mouth shut or I'll find you, uh, then suddenly you know we're talking we're talking 100 to 200 thousand people that could die from this, uh, and then you had you know for God's sakes on Tuesday you had Adam Schefter who has never uttered a negative word about the NFL and has 7.8 million Twitter followers rips Roger in the league for insisting that this thing go on. I'm told they're having meetings and that a a postponement still is a possibility. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think that's, I I definitely uh, think that's a possibility. It just, a lot of people, when I mentioned this on Twitter, a lot of people, Oh, we need the distraction. Oh, how can you possibly do this? Well, if a hundred thousand people dying in the middle of it, 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 
goes from distraction to garish spectacle. I mean, can you see with the 16th overall pick, the so-and-so's pick uh, such and such who uh, declined to be with us this evening as he mourns the death of his parents, you know, Joe and, and Martha. I mean, that absolutely, that's just ridiculous. You know, you can't, people don't understand yet what, what could happen here. I hope it doesn't happen. But push it back a month. And the other issue, which is far less important, but still prominent in the story I wrote last week, you know, there's no pro days. There's no visits. Uh, medicals on a lot of guys are incomplete. Uh, this is not the draft process the NFL has gotten used to. And, and the league, at the league level, they don't care. I mean, they had guys running 40s <laughs> at night at the combine, which, you know, nobody liked. But it was like, hey, there are more people watching TV at night. You know, maybe we could next next year we'll have them wear bikinis or something, you know. Uh, so the league doesn't care, but the teams care. Believe me, the teams care. And uh, they wouldn't be doing all this stuff every year, spending all this money to bring players in or go to pro days. Yeah. It didn't matter at all. And, uh, you know, that's you can say it's not going to hurt the teams because all the teams are at the same, you know, they're all on a level playing field there, but it's going to hurt players. It's going to cause, you know, cause guys not to be drafted where they should have been drafted or not to be drafted at all. And, you know, that's, that's a consideration. It's not as big as the other consideration, but I just don't see given the landscape that we're facing, why you can't put this off for a month or six weeks. I don't see why you wouldn't want to do that. Everybody else is doing that in every phase yeah. of our existence right now. And only the NFL thinks, yeah, we're not doing this with, with a lot of people. So in, in one place. Yeah, my, so my take on it is right I, I completely agree with you guys. I understand and uh, the optics aren't good. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, I just know how these owners are. Uh, they're like the Southern uh, governors of, of the professional sports world. Yeah. Um, they only care about the bottom line. And this has long been their philosophy on how they've handled. No one's going to tell us how to do our jobs or how we should run this league. And they're, they're greedy. They're greedy. Uh, they've always been. And to them, boy, they're going to have the entire sporting world at their fingertips. Everyone. You, the, the ratings are going to go flying through the roof. And people don't, you know, they, they know that they have the public sentiment on their side. Yes, there'll, there'll be some people that will raise alarms. Most of them will be NFL people. It won't be news people because news people are too preoccupied with what's going on with the virus. So, you know, look, they have a PR guy as a commissioner. I feel like they, they do this as they're not going to take as much PR hit on this. So, therefore, we're going to go ahead and conduct business as usual. I mean, I was surprised to hear Jeff Pash come out. And really unprompted say that, yeah, as far as we're concerned, the league is going to start, the season's going to start on time. And you know why he's doing that? Because they don't want to lose sponsors. And it's amazing to me that, that they're doing it. And again, it's not the right thing to do in my eyes, because we don't know how this is going to play out in the next few months, but it just tells me they're thinking. And if they're being that bold about the season, then I just, I don't envision them changing the date of the draft. Yeah, it's, it's easy to say that about the season right now, though. You but why say that? I mean, we're so far away from the season, right? I think you say it to sort of, if you have yeah, they're sponsors saying it, yeah, that are getting they're, nervous, they're, that maybe want yeah, they're some money fearful back, or, of the, you know, losing advertisers and sponsors. and uh, 
and I understand that, but there's there's not a corporation in the world aside from maybe Amazon right now that's printing money as much as the NFL. <laughs> right. But I think if you acknowledge that your season's not going to start on time, then you get into what do you do about ticket deposits and things like that. And, you know, maybe they yeah. just don't want to go there. Well, yet. it should be interesting to see how it plays out. Certainly we'll have it covered in April or May or June or July, whenever it happens. Uh, our team of inquirers, beat reporters will be on top of it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back in about a week, guys. Hopefully we'll have some more to talk about. Probably start steering these conversations towards the draft and looking specifically at what the Eagles – may do um, with more detail. So, Les, Damo. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Birds Eye View podcast. Stay safe.